Time to check in with the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. And good morning, Jill. No shortage of things to talk about this morning. And uh, first up, what's going to happen with the elected park board? Well, I don't venture too often into civic mm-hmm. affairs, but I think in this case it's warranted. I mean, partly just because of the drama, right? I covering governments for a long time. In my experience, they usually call press conferences to announce they're expanding, not to announce they're actually getting rid of some institutions. So that in itself is rare, especially with an NDP government provincially and a liberal government federally. So I give Ken Sim credit for drama and boldness, uh, not least... uh, kicking three people out of his caucus uh, first thing in the morning. So that's interesting. But the the reason I'll take an interest in this as somebody who writes about provincial politics is because Ken Sim needs help to get this done. He's going to ask the provincial government to amend the Vancouver Charter, which is actually a provincial law, to allow uh, the end of the road for the elected park board. And it got me thinking about something, Jill, and it's the last time the provincial (laughs) government, a mayor, asked the provincial government for a helping hand to do something, and that, of course, would be Surrey, and that was a policing issue, and that's turned into one hell of a mess for the provincial government. It wishes they'd never heard about Mm. this. They still haven't sorted it out. So my guess is when this request lands on the desk of Premier David Eby, uh, he and his advisors might have a little chat about, should we just do this? Do we owe Ken Sim a favor? And is there any way this thing could come back to bite us if we let this happen? I think provincial caution is warranted. It's going to be interesting to see what the New Democrats do with this request. Is it possible, do you think, and and given what's happening with Surrey and how long and drawn out that has become, is it possible they go the safe route and say, okay, we get what you want to do, but we're we're not going to just rubber stamp it. We are going to put it to a referendum. Uh, You know, I think they should have a serious discussion about this. I mean, as I understand Mayor Sim, and he's got the votes of council to do this, His intention would be presumably to get this done before the next civic election so that it's already happened, so that the next time Vancouver voters go to the polls in, what would it be, 2020? Let's see, they were elected last year in 2022, so 2026. So the next time they go to the polls in Vancouver... Uh, there wouldn't, they wouldn't be, people wouldn't be voting on a park board because it would be a done deal. I think the question that ought to interest the provincial cabinet is, is there any way that can go sideways? Because remember initially with the Surrey policing thing, and the analogy isn't perfect here, but the initially with the Surrey policing thing was it was going to be done, right? There wasn't the province when it first went along with Doug McCallum's plan and said, okay, we'll move down the road on that. It never occurred to them that by the time the next civic election rolled around, one of the supporters of the plan would have defected, would then go on to defeat McCallum in the election and then try to reverse direction. So I think the provincial government would want to bulletproof itself on this issue. And Jill, there's a couple of ways they could do that. I mean, they could just simply turn down Sim, but I don't think they'll do that. Uh, They could say, uh, would you consider having a referendum on this if we do this? Like, would you agree to a referendum if we approve the change in the charter? 
And another question, which I think people in Vancouver should go, um, and the mayor claims this is going to save some staggering amount of money. I don't see how it will necessarily save that. You're getting rid of the elected park board. You won't be paying park commissioners anymore. But I don't know as though they're going to change the park board, uh, the park bureaucracy, uh, whether they're going to merge the two with the city, whether or not they're going to have a whole bunch of layoffs. I'll believe that when I see it. I mean, I have to say that Sim has not, and his council majority have not demonstrated that they're particularly good at holding down costs. They've been approving some pretty big tax increases. So I think there's reason for the provincial government to say, just hang on there, uh, Mayor Sim. We, we know you've worked with us on housing, and no question the New Democrats get along better with Ken Sim than they ever did with Kennedy Stewart. So they're not opposed to the Sim government. But uh, yeah, I think uh, given uh, the way we things went in Surrey, and as I say, the analogy isn't perfect, there is certainly grounds for the provincial government to just say, before we rubber stamp this, we'd like a meeting to discuss the implications, and we want to see your plan to get this done so we don't have to deal with this after the next civic election. Right, because I think that even the, the timeline of about being able to do it in six months was thrown out yesterday, which seems pretty speedy. But like you said, the last thing they would want is say it drags out and out. Here we are campaigning for the next civic election, and there's a party saying we're the ones who are going to bring the park board back. Well, sure, because, you know, if you're going to defeat the incumbent in an election, the first thing you do is you look around to see the decisions the incumbent has made on which they're vulnerable. So you're right, Jill. One of the organizing principles for the people that already are thinking, how can we replace Ken Sim in the next civic election in Vancouver is going to be, well, what if we take a different position in the park board? You know, what if we campaign for democracy and elected park board or even just put pressure on to have a referendum on the issue so that the people that voted to elect a park board, and in Vancouver they've been electing park boards since, what, 1888 or something like that? So Mm -hmm. it's not like this is some kind of new invention. I've often asked myself, why do we need an elected park board in Vancouver? And certainly when you see how they handle things like the Stanley Park train, it's reasonable. (laughs) Like, what the hell are these people doing? (laughs) But having said all that, uh, you know, I think uh, you'll probably see the opponents uh, in the next little bit come out and start mounting the case against it. And they may appeal to the New Democrats and say, you have to bring this legislation in because it has to be enacted by the legislature. So it would be in the spring session. Government has a busy agenda in the spring session. It is getting ready for an election. And would there be any downside to simply saying, well, you know, uh, we'll do this if uh, Vancouver agrees to hold a referendum on it. And whether or not Ken Sim wants to turn that into a political football to be whacked to have him over the head or around uh, between now and the next civic election, I think uh, he may need a bigger favor from the provincial government than he's necessarily going to get. Continuing now with the view from Victoria with the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer. And Vaughn, an announcement came out yesterday that one of BC's best best known public servants is going to retire. Yes, and one of BC's most independent public servants. So Lisa LaPointe will not be seeking a fourth term when the current one, she's been in her third term, expires. It's a cabinet appointee. Uh, You serve at the pleasure of the government. They can not renew your term or they can even get rid of you. Uh, So independence in those kinds of jobs requires a certain boldness. And I think 
Lisa LaPointe meets the standard. Independence is telling the government what it needs to hear, not what it wants to hear. And I think, as I said, Jill, on that one, you've got to say that Lisa LaPointe was a tremendous public servant, even if you don't always agree with what she said or what she advised. And certainly, Jill, at times, the provincial government didn't agree with what she said and what she advised. Uh, she, um, but people will likely remember uh, her comments during the heat dome uh, when yeah. uh, she spoke about the deaths. She's also been a, an advocate of safe supply, certainly uh, yep. uh, championing some form of change when it comes to the overdose crisis. Yeah, I mean, I look back over the files where Lisa LaPointe really asserted her independence and said things that the current provincial government didn't want to hear. You're right, during the heat dome, I mean, remember, John Horgan started off the heat dome. People were dying in the dozens by saying, well, you know, people should take uh, responsibility for their own health and safety. And, uh, you know, if you followed the weather reports, you knew this was coming, which was <laughs> insensitive in the extreme. What, 600 people died? He got away with it. John Horgan used to say the most incredible things and people still loved him. So uh, that's a matter of record. But Lisa LaPointe launched an inquiry into what went wrong uh, had a death panel that reviewed it and came out with recommendations, which many of which have still since been accepted to avoid such a catastrophe in the future. Another example where she stood up to Horgan, and I think worth noting, uh, Horgan toyed with the idea of involuntary detention of young people who have drug overdoses. They would be detained for a few days after the overdose to keep them from overdosing. Again, it is a popular position with the public, but LaPointe came out in opposition to it, as did the child and youth representative, and said, look, uh, what this is going to mean is that when a young person overdoses, their friends are going to be reluctant to go to the authorities because they will worry that the person will be detained afterwards. So um, she managed to derail that, the, the officials, the government toyed with the idea, toyed with the idea. It's pretty much a dead idea now with the NDP, even though Horgan said he was going to bring it back if he won the election. So those are two cases. You mentioned the big case, and that is on safe supply. And I noticed in her statement yesterday after Lisa LaPointe thanked everybody who worked with her and her staff and talked about uh, her 30 years of public service, her three terms as coroner, that she said she had a deep sadness that she was unable to persuade the provincial government to do what was necessary in her view to stem the horrific tide of drug overdoses in British Columbia. She said she would continue to advocate for those reforms after she's gone, and she referred specifically to I guess what must have been the most wrenching moment in her time in office, she, she referred to the death panel review panel, I shouldn't call it a death panel, the death review panel that on November the 1st, she put the report out and it recommended that safe supply drugs be made available without a prescription to make them more widely available. And uh, that, <laughs> what the government did to Lisa LaPointe on that day, whatever you think of what she does and what she recommended, was pretty brutal. She, LaPointe calls the press conference. She then opens it up, supports the call for non-prescription access, and then opens it up to questions from reporters. And the first question is, what do you think of the letter from the provincial government recommending 
rejecting your recommendation. And LaPointe had not had time to read the letter. The letter was given to reporters. Hmm. The, the rejection letter was given to reporters, Jill, before the press conference. Reporters had it in hand, and Lisa LaPointe was blindsided. Not, not a reasonable way to treat a public servant who you can't question her motivation, even if you may disagree with her advice, is a pretty shabby treatment. And I wonder if that wasn't the moment, Jill, where Lisa LaPointe went, I've had enough of this. I'm not going to seek another term. I'm going to retire. Right, because she's also said that she's still going to be active, that we're still going to see her in, in some role. So exactly, could it have been just why keep going down this road when, when it's not working? Clearly, they, they're not agreeing with you. Maybe do something else. Yeah, I mean, I, I sympathize to some degree with the provincial government's judgment on this issue. I think that LaPointe got ahead of public opinion on access to safe supply. I think she got ahead of public opinion on something like making drugs available, dangerous drugs available without a prescription. So, you know, I think the provincial government was reluctant to take all of her advice, even though it was coming from experts, uh, because the political will was not there with the public. The public was already having a challenge digesting the implications of safe supply and decriminalization as it stands currently without going to the next level. So I think politically, I think I can understand the government's position. I can see why they didn't go on a go all that way. But at the same time, I think she could have been treated with more respect on that issue. They could have accepted the report and said, we're going to review it. They could have come out a few weeks later with their reasons for rejecting it. Instead, they blindsided her, really, before she had a chance to make the announcement and set her up for a pretty embarrassing press conference. I wasn't at the press conference, but colleagues who were there said she was clearly taken aback that they'd done this to her, that they'd given reporters their rejection letter before she'd had a chance to digest it herself. Yeah, uh, interesting, interesting. And we'll see uh, who fills those shoes. Vaughn, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye-bye, Joe. That is Vaughn Palmer, Vancouver Sun columnist and uh, with The View from Victoria.